I've got the capacities to obliterate his mythology. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began, and Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's Kivecast. Was that Star Space Station the snap of with Space Hatch? Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird place! A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Steven B. Dem. B-Wing fighters and B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action. action. Market data mined by Brisbane, Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Boba has a seat Tech support by The Lowe's. Steven Sky spring back into action with their triumphant return to form. The Kivecast has got Sky Coos and Steve Script Flips about the Rebel Commander. We talk about his mustache, his lack of mustache, troop transports, Burger King glasses, and a brand spanking new archive. Finally, an interview with James Gallo unveils the mystery and history of one Club Club Zalok. All this, and pretty much that. On this month's Kivecast Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa! Welcome to Kivecast number 55. Number 55, it's uh, part of our three part, no part Rebel Commander series. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Steve, it feels like every month we start off with a new preamble as to why the show's been weird. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's one person to blame for that, Steve. <laughs> That's J.J. Uh, Abrams? No, right. that's... Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's funny, I, you know... It's, we, it's Rick McCallum, okay? Yeah. That's, that's, that's who we need to play. It's Rick McCallum. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. So, uh, before we even get into why it's been a while since we've recorded, just today, I was trying to record with Steve, and I couldn't hear his voice. I could hear every other sound but his voice. And so, he would Skype message me, and I would talk back to him. And I realized he was like R2 in the X-Wing. I was talking to him. Getting a little, like, message on the readout thing. Yeah. Because yeah, I never really thought about that, Steve. I mean, did that used to bug you when you were a kid? Like, what does he see? Does he see, like, English? Like, when when R2 beeps and he smiles at the little readout screen, what's he seeing? Yeah. Is it, like, MS-DOS or is it, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I don't know, Steve. Should, is it even worth going into what's been going on? Uh, I mean, maybe just in brief, if if you want to. I don't know. It, it's yeah. up to you, man. I, we can we can trudge on, or we can just you know, it's up to you. Well, first of all, I have to apologize for last month. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> based on, I don't think anyone listened to that show. Um, I I don't blame them. It was the worst show we've ever done. Um, it was the only <laughs> show Steve didn't do. Steve wasn't on it. And uh, so what happened was they, they, they did a mandatory update of Skype. Right. On yeah. like, like literally I couldn't open Skype without updating it. Yeah. And then the eCam who does the call recorder, it didn't work with the new update. And I've got like a five-year-old computer. So we couldn't do that. So I had to come up with this whole crazy system with like Soundflower and like, 
I don't know what I was doing. I was like, so, somehow you got it to sort of work, which was it was pretty crazy at the time. But uh, it was crazy, and I could hear my own voice, yeah, as yeah. loud as I could hear <laughs> you. So I was going totally crazy. And as I mentioned, I was listening to way too much comedy, Bang Bang. So I was like, all this kind of obscure, absurdist humor, and uh, and then I was recording it. Basically, if you know anything about about sound files, as as Lobart says. They're pretty chunky, so they're they're pretty big files. Right. So it was like an hour and a half of like non-compressed audio on my computer, <laughs> and it was I could hardly use my computer. And so, as the email said, all is lost. I sent that to, to Ron and Steve. <laughs> so we're getting back to basics. No guests, uh, yeah. just Sky and Steve back again. Our reassuring voices. Yes. Yes. How, how are you doing, Steve? I'm I'm doing all right. It's it's been a it's been a busy summer and it's starting to become a, a busy fall. I don't know when that transition happened, but apparently it did. So <laughs> I don't know. It's it's been crazy, but uh, a lot of good stuff going on, uh, which you know some of it we'll get into later. I'm sure about the archive party and all that, but um, well, no, Steve, it's, it's good. Steve's had been really busy because he's had a full time job being Steve. And then a full-time job being Sky, which is really tricky. Yeah, like, it's funny. Yeah, the other night I, when you when you called me, you're like, hey, you want to manage like the rest of my life? I'm like, because <laughs> you know the first archive party, I did you know a huge ton of work on that, and Steve yeah. basically is doing all that. The California Collectors Club, I used to do that. Steve's doing all that. All the all the prep for the show, I used to do all of it. Then Steve did half of it. Last couple months, he's done all of it. I'm going to get back to doing more, Steve. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but it just uh, it just kind of seemed. But that's why it's good uh, good having a Steve on your side. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've just uh, so like when you're a professor, right? You have to try to get what's called tenure, which right. is more or less a job for life. It's not really that, but it's it's a really good thing to get. And there was this. You have to like make these crazy binders filled with literally everything you've ever done. Yeah. And, uh, and so I had to do that. And that was due September 29th. Yeah. And yeah. I, I realized, Steve, this completely consumed my life. I, I can see it happening. Yeah. I mean, but I, I didn't know it at the time. Like, I started breaking <laughs> out. Like, I had like all these pimples and stuff. And like, my jaw would hurt because I'd be clenching my jaw all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, because I had to write like eight essays about what I do and collect mm -hmm. every piece of paper and put it into a binder and like tabs. Yeah. Yep. And if you're out there and you work in an office and one of your jobs is printing tabs and making binders, I have tons of respect for you. Because it uh, like prints on the wrong side, and you have to find the right template on Avery.com. Anyway, um, so I just and I didn't even tell Steve. So Steve was just kind of like um, I, I was a little scared. <laughs> but I was really relieved to, to hear your voice. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> but um, I figured I figured something along those lines was going on. Um, so I'm I'm glad that my premonition was was somewhat. Somewhat right. Yeah, yeah. I got a I got a call from Ron the other day too, saying like, I don't think you ever respond to this, but oh <laughs> damn it, I haven't responded yet. <laughs> but the good news is my parents are moving into town too. I also helped my parents buy a house. Uh, oh, that's awesome! But right down the street. Um, so that's kind of you know that kind of big deal and school starting and I'm yeah. I, I'm managing my son's baseball team, Steve. See, that was another thing that I. I just like, all right, yeah, your life is consumed. We were talking about this. Like that took up my whole summer, two summers in, in high school managing T ballers, which, <laughs> which 
Like, imagine a 15-year-old me uh, <laughs> just trying to wrangle, like, 25 four-year-olds. It's It was... I grew a lot in those summers. I yeah. have to say. <laughs> That's a movie we I really really pay yeah. to see. I, I think it's like a, a total you know follow up to Bad News Bears. Yeah, I think I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because I'm like uh, part of the reason I agreed to manage. I didn't volunteer; they just volunteered me. Yeah. But like, the older you get, the less fun it gets because they get super competitive. So <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. All my all my, all my players are kind of annoyed because I'm always like, yeah, I don't care if we win. No, nah, he's pitching. I don't care. He can't pitch. I don't care. He's going to pitch. It's fun. Everyone's like, no, we want to win. I'm like, not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have yet to win. So all that kind of stuff. And But I'm very happy to be back. I, what yeah. I want, Steve, is I want to get back into the rhythm, you know, the, yes. the monthly yeah, rhythm. Gotta, yeah. It, it was also, too, that the whole thing down in the Carolinas kind of threw off the rhythm. Um, and even the thing that we recorded in England um, – with right, farthest right. from, which yeah. I think we'll just tack that on at the end of this episode. Okay, maybe um, a little like uh, a bonus feature. Yeah, because I've been waiting for David Tree to send out the audio from his side. Oh, um, okay. But it's one of those things where I'm waiting for him to send it out, but I also hope that he doesn't, <laughs> because <laughs> if he does send it out, that means I have to figure out how to merge the two things. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, you're not, you're not, I mean, yeah, you need like a. a like sound engineer, I can't. Yeah. I mean, if if you like told me to try and edit the show and just just do it, I wouldn't even. I'd probably open up like Microsoft uh, like Media Player <laughs> and <it'd> start. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. So, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's the one the one area of my life Steve doesn't manage. <laughs> yeah. uh, all that to say is is yeah. we're talking about the Rebel Commander this month, Steve. That's right, uh, Cliff Clavin, right? Yeah. Now we we talked. So let's see. I let. Um, uh, and Jenkins uh, do do the haiku. Oh, all right. For, so for, okay. Yeah, so we already played that, but not for the figure. So I'll, right. have, I'll have a sky coup for the figure. Okay. Um, and we haven't really talked about the card back or anything like that. Um, let's kind of get back to tradition and, and talk about Sky's movie thought. Okay. All right. That is, um, I've I've realized in rewatching Empire Strikes Back that it's one of these lines like you know it's a trap everyone knows and they, they like yeah. to laugh about it right but another line that sort of has cult appeal that I think deserves more respect is the first transport is away the first transport is away the first transport oh yeah, is away. yeah. because it doesn't get nearly the uh, the appreciation that <laughs> it's a trap gets yeah maybe it's not as catchy um, yeah but, it has that kind of goofiness, kind of like fire the big gun, you know, that right, we like right. so much. Yeah. But then it's just, the, the, it's, I mean, if that was done now, there would be like a meme about how stupid it is, like the way everyone right. like throws their fists up in the air. And <laughs> it's not really much of a victory. Like the first transport, there's so many transports. I mean, and, yeah, those, yeah, those guys got through. What does that mean for the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I think that we should spend a little more appreciation for the first transport is away. The first transport is away. See, wait a minute. Did that line get redubbed in later versions of the movie? I have, I have this weird memory of that, like, noticing that didn't sound like it used to, but I could totally be off for here. I just, if anyone remembers or knows, I'm curious. I, I haven't compared them in a long time. So, I mean, do you remember it changing at all? Uh, I don't, um, but I don't know. I don't... No, I don't remember it changing, but I don't really okay. remember paying that much attention to it. Okay. Um, I, it just kind of got stuck in my head a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Just like, yeah. the first transport is away. <laughs> I don't know. 
Land near that assembly area. <laughs> yeah, pilot land over there by that assembly area. That is the pilot land over there by that assembly area of the original trilogy. <laughs> but see, even then, they always simplify it just a little bit. It, it, it's, right. got, it's concise enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess in the prequel era, it would, have been, it would be like, <laughs> the first transport has successfully made itself off a of planet. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what would have been written now. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, but I'm actually starting to forget the forget the order of things. I guess we we also talk about about the the figure and the card back. Do we do that after the news, Steve? Uh, I mean, I think we can. It's always kind of towards the beginning of the show. We can we can be flexible, right? Because I would like to nominate Rebel Commander. Yeah. As the worst card back in Star Wars. Vintage. Oh man! All right. See, I I have problems with it too. I'm I'm curious what what yours are. Well, first of all, there's the great disappointment. The whole everyone loves the Bruce Derlin and the Cliff Clavin thing. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's not him. First right. of all, like this figure would be, you know, above Lobot. It would be, it would be maybe near like Jawa or something in terms of popularity if it was Cliff Clavin. Like you would yeah. have such a cool um, kind of like cult, like crossover appeal, you yeah. know. Um <laughs> It's just the guy on it's just late. You can just tell he's just some Norwegian loser. I think you know who he was? He was I think in the background when Han's about to head off on his Tauntaun. I think he's one of those dudes that's like standing amongst the other dead Tauntauns that <laughs> they don't really explain in, in the final cut of the movie. I think he was one of those guys. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't have a mustache. He's and then the you know, the we see this on other card bags too. The the picture itself is not exactly in focus either. But uh yeah, it's out of focus, and it's just—it's so disappointing that he doesn't have the mustache. And <laughs> it's just no definition. It's all kind of gray and blurred well, out. Well, didn't they? They eventually they rectified that with the modern line, and they—they uh, they made a vintage card back with with him as the uh, the image. Am I remembering yeah. that right? Okay. But I mean, no offense to modern collectors, but I mean, who cares? You know. Oh, <laughs> um, because is—is it—is it really Cliff Clavin the toy? Is the figure really Cliff Clavin? I, we could have a debate. Yeah. D8. I totally, yeah. I mean, it. it you just, would just think by the mustache, you know, it's probably who they're going for, but there were other dudes around that, that could fit that bill. Has that ever really been... I wonder if that's really been... Kivecast at gmail.com, if that's ever really been explored. Like, how certain are we that that's supposed to be uh, Ratzenberger? Yeah. Oh. Because, again, he was in presence when I saw the charity screening of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Him, <laughs> Mark Hamill, Ahmed Best, and Dave Winfield. It's <laughs> just about the coolest room you could possibly have. Yeah, I mean, what, what more could you want? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a situation where you kind of wish that, like, terrorists take over the whole building and you have to, like, spend 48 hours in a room. You have a, a diehard situation. Yeah, a, a diehard yeah. situation. Like, okay, Dave, you cover the left. All right, Ratsy, you you take the front. <laughs> Luke, it's Mark. L- whatever, Luke, <laughs> you distract them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to make some easy joke about uh, the guy playing Jar Jar running out and uh, sacrificing himself because I like Jar Jar, Steve. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, my my buddy Ted actually called me from a commercial. He's a commercial actor, and he's like. I'm in the same room as Ahmed Best. Do you want me to say anything or do anything? And I was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. I guess I, I've got a couple more random Rebel Commander notes if we want to just keep going with that. Yeah, let's just go. You know, with this right. whole, like, rebirth, because this is basically the rebirth of a lot of things with the Archive yeah. and the Kivecast. Yeah. So I think it's cool if we play it uh, pretty pretty uh, gargan largan up until the news drop. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if other people were at all interested in the old Decipher card game, but like when I was in junior high, it was like my collecting focus. And I just remembered that the uh, the card for this guy, the Bren Derlin character, had a funny kind of description of, of who he was. Um, <laughs> all right, so here we go. He was the hero of Nentan. He supervised the construction of Echo Base on Hoth. He's head of base security. And at the Moss Isley Cantina, everyone knows his name. And that's huh. <laughs> that's the description. It's a good little Cheers reference that I thought was kind of funny. But uh, as a 13-year-old who didn't ever watch Cheers, it did not even <laughs> cross my mind when I first read it. But, that's funny. Yeah. I forgot that you – wait, so you were super into that card game? Yeah, I mean, I didn't play the game at all. I just – I liked collecting the, the sets like that would come out every couple of years or whatever. Uh, I still have them all somewhere, I think, back at home. But, uh, we might make that into an archive party. <laughs> we'll just make up our own rules, mix it in. Oh, my in God. With, Dude, the with, first time I, I, I tried to play, I went down. Do you remember Metro Comics in Santa Barbara? Yeah, yeah. It's on, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's on Ariaga. Yes. So I, I went down there <laughs> thinking I might give, give it a shot. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I just kind of quietly packed up my cards and walked away. <laughs> Oh, dude, you go into any of those rooms where people are playing card games at high levels, they won't talk to you, look at you, do anything. They, yeah, they wanted nothing to do with me, and I, I sensed it immediately. And like, <laughs> I just, like, quickly... Back away, not back. today, disco lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could just... Is this after or before you were teaching T-ball? Just walking down uh, there? It's probably around the same time, actually. It was <laughs> like come on down with your cards, just walk <laughs> in, and just be like... Can I help you? No, I just, I, I'm a, it's, do you have a bathroom? Oh, goodbye. Yeah, that's, that's basically it, yeah. Oh, that's great. Man, um, yeah. hey, wow, I got the new man here. How about that? Uh, so, how about the Sky Coup then? Yeah, let's hear it. So, this is exclusively based on the fact that I spent five minutes just staring at the figure trying to think of something to talk about that wasn't his mustache. See, that's that's sometimes what you have to do, I'm sure, to get these out, is just <laughs> um, put yourself in that space. <laughs> I, I had to, but how do you not comment on the mustache? How do you not make some kind of haiku that ties together the first transporters away with the term mustache ride? <laughs> I thought about it for a long time. If you have a good one, by the way, that combines those two things, kivecast at gmail.com. Um, but what I decided to do was actually focus on a different element of the figure. <clears throat> I've been spared from it. Isadora Duncan's death. Bloodstained scarf in snow. So that that's a sad one, Steve. Yeah, that is it's quite sad. <laughs> so you see, he's happy that he didn't die uh, suffocating on his own scarf because he was killed. And so the, the, the blood stains the scarf. <laughs> Do you know who Isadora Duncan is, Steve? I've heard that name. She's uh, a famous dancer who died with a scarf. Like, her scarf okay. got stuck when she was driving in a convertible. Oh, man. And she strangled that, herself to death. That, that is pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it again. I've been spared from it. Isadora Duncan's death. 
blood-stained scarf in snow. God. <laughs> well, you know what happened, Steve? Right before my son went to bed today, he just goes, humans are just made to die. I was wow. Like, I was like, what? He's like, I don't think there's heaven. I think humans are just made to die. And so I had to, like, work through Montaigne with him and, like, existentialism. That's, yeah. And, that's, that's difficult uh, right before going to bed, I'm sure. Yeah. It's weird, though, Steve, because, you know, every night before I go to bed, I think about death. Like, every night, right as I turn off the light, I think I'm going to die someday, and it really bugs me. And it's been, like, like a month and a half like this. I don't know why. It's just been happening. And so it's weird that he picked up on the same thing. Um, so maybe that, that influenced my poetry this month. <laughs> What do you say we get to the news, Steve? <laughs> okay. Or, or we, can, we can lighten it up with a, a script if you want. Steve. No, no, I need the news. <laughs> okay. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. All right, good. I, th- I think we need a little bit of a palate cleanser after my, my captain bring down. Uh, <laughs> and Skyku was much better than Sky's Skyku. Maybe I should write an Anku. Um... <laughs> or eat a kukuru chicken. So, Steve, I, I cut you off. You wanted to do the Steve flips oh, no, the script. Okay. So, so tell me about flip the script, Steve. I'll, I'll put in that drop too, just to cheer us up. It's getting really, really hot here. Flip the script. Flip the script. So, I was trying to find any weird references to like rebel leaders in in one of the early Empire drafts, and what was kind of odd is a lot of the uh, the characters from the first Star Wars were originally written to kind of reprise their roles in Empire. So, like, the guys from Yavin, uh, one of them, I think, was name was Willard. Uh, he was kind of given a lot of dialogue in, like, the, the general Reacon role. And anyway, the funny thing is, uh, you know, originally the Wampas were going to be this huge force to be reckoned with, and that was really the reason the Rebels were evacuating was because of just the wampas right uh yeah and so at one point <laughs> wait was that wampas, really it that was the main reason they were evacuating that, well in this in this early very early script that's like there is no huge battle it's it's mainly like the wampas are, are running amok we need to get out of here <laughs> that is such a uh, weak plot point <laughs> yeah yeah so but this gets intense here okay so at, at one point the uh the wampas like burst the water pipes in the base and starts freezing a bunch of people <laughs> really yeah, and uh, and so Commander Willard has this line when they're all like meeting, trying to figure out what to do, and he says, "Now we have to make a decision: do we evacuate to the surface and try to find some way, of, or and try and find some way of combating these these I don't know what to call them mere beasts for being capable of doing what they've done, <laughs> and they're certainly not human. Or shall we bow to them and abandon the base entirely? So like they're trying. It just shows like man, the the." The Empire had nothing to do with it at that point. It was just like, God, these Wampas are, are crazy. We've got to get out of here. <laughs> wow. So they were like an actual enemy that had yeah, some yeah. kind of volition? Felt, yeah. Like they, they, they were like infiltrating the base, bursted water pipes, bringing down the infrastructure. I mean, it was pretty intense. <laughs> now, <laughs> I can see you know, like yeah. a bunch of guys in those suits doing that probably wouldn't pan out. Um, <laughs> so it's, but, it's, yeah. a cunning, uh, it's a cunning... Alien with the capacity to think about how to best kill that kills relentlessly on yes. a confined space in a base. That's just that's just alien in the snow. Yeah, that movie yeah. would have been awesome. I completely revised my previous speech. <laughs> I want to see a whole different version of Empire Strikes Back, but the whole thing is like, oh my god, what about the Wampers? <laughs> this is Sky interrupting. 
just making a call to all of you with Photoshop capacity. Please make some kind of alien Wampa hybrid, like a Geiger-esque Wampa. Maybe, I don't know, like a poster design or something. Uh, wow, Wampa Wampa, Steve. That's awesome. Yeah, I figured if you get any weird Wampa notes in here, it's, it's a good thing. So Yeah, that's great. Wow. Well, there's a lot of news, Steve. Yes. Yeah, there is a lot. Um, where should we lead off? I think we should start off with the archive. Okay. So, basically, that's the other thing that happened, Steve. So, not only did I get super busy, but there was this whole revamping of the archive. Yeah. Right? The 20-year the anniversary of the Star Wars Collector's Archive that included a revamping of the front page. Right. And... It included the creation of the blog, and it included yep. the full integration of the podcast and the Market Watch podcast into the Star Wars Collector's Archive. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that whole thing about, like, what is it, you know, a, a dog chases a, a car, or what's it going to do if it catches it? <laughs> um, I think I just, I don't know. Like, like, psychologically, it was actually really weird for me, because yeah. it was like, it was kind of like a dream come true, as weird as that sounds, but like... The idea of like having that much of a of an impact or whatever, or being being that integrated into the Star Wars Collector's Archive, like literally, was something I would think about and be like, "Wow, I wonder if someday that could happen." Yeah, and then yeah. it like happened, and it's it's actually been a weird mental thing to adjust to, and that's just kind of goofy. But you know what I mean, Steve? Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. I mean, I think because I was kind of helping Bart a lot with some of the uh, the technical stuff. He really saved me on a lot of things, and I, I was kind of in it for a while, and I, I'm, I'm at that point where it's like, oh, okay, it's done. Uh, it seems to be alive and working, and, and now I guess we just see see where it goes. But yeah, no, it was, it's been like, it's been on my mind a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know. It was like this weird sort of confluence of things where, I sort of like really pushed to get the ball rolling. You, yeah, you, you got the thing going. And then the ball was rolling and I kind of just didn't really know how to handle it or think about it or do anything about it. And so I had my, my vice president of Skyness, Steve, uh, <laughs> you were doing a lot of the work and then Barb was doing a ton of the work. You know, I was talking about it and checking in on it. Um, but it was just kind of a weird psychological thing. I, the same thing happened when I handed in my binder. For, yeah. for, for, you know, this thing I've been working on for months, this proof of all my work. Uh, I handed it in and I just felt weird. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. well, um, I guess I'm gonna go grade some some quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. Know, I think I just also have to get get used to like it worked. It's awesome. Like the archive, yeah. it's just great. Like Bart did such a good job of coming up with this new design, and Ron's been doing a great job of heading up the heading up the. Uh, the blogs and like making yeah, sure there's yeah. posts and yeah, it's just, it's really awesome. And, uh, if you haven't checked it out, well, I'm sure you've checked it out, but I really think that it has a real chance to just be a lot more of a check it every day, check it every week site, as opposed yeah, to right. it's always there. Yeah. I think that's what we were hoping to do. That, I way. think, yeah, it seems like the, the goal, right? So, right. And it's so cool. Like Ron wrote this awesome, uh, 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 article about the the common misconception that that you know Kenner was really slow and that it was behind the times and then he writes some great early bird items and 
I, it's just great. There's something to look at and to go explore, and it's just so much more intuitive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then, of course, there's the staff page, which I don't know if I regret putting on the goofiest picture of myself. I, I, you know what? Once <laughs> once I got that, I'm like, we're not changing this. This is the one that has to stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good, and your picture is sufficiently Steve. <laughs> Although it's funny because <laughs> or, or Adam Scott, right? That's right, yeah, Adam, Adam Scott. Um, well, it's really funny because one of the one of the pieces of news we were going to talk about was that the Daily Mail, which is for our British listeners, those who ha- don't hate us because we're not uh, the other podcast. Um, uh, you know, that's a huge newspaper. It's a that's a really important newspaper. Yeah. Has a whole article all about Bill McBride. Yeah, and uh, I, I love the. I don't know if they they've since changed it, but I remember when I first read it, they they said he was like part of the British Navy or, or something, and like, wait, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Secret agent Bill. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's really great. I mean, it, and yeah, it's a huge story. Yeah, it's a huge story. Lots of I mean, it's like a limelight too. Like the pictures that they show, it's not just because usually when they interview vintage collectors like Sansweet or whatever. Yeah. They pick the stupidest stuff, the stuff that just looks the coolest. So it's always Sansweet. Looks coolest to someone who doesn't know what anything is. So it'll always be, you know, Sansweet in front of the Vader costume. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But this is great. Like you see the full line of, you know, foreign carded and um yeah. But what I do love is that, you know, he's obviously uh he obviously uh, works a lot on his upper body strength and so he does the whole <laughs> arm folded thing and it reminds me of your picture of your collection. <laughs> so I, I I mean I he you know, he's been around longer than you have, Steve, but I still like to call that pose the Steve when you fold your I don't arms. Know. I, don't know. So, I think that's like the Vader pose, which which fits with Bill. <laughs> but anyways, uh, kivecast at gmail.com. Please send in your pictures of you steving in front of your collection, okay? So you just have to look like you're trying to look super tough, but you don't but deep down you don't think you are, okay? That and then you fold your arms and then you stare at the camera and that's how you steve in front of your collection. So uh, we'd just like to see some examples of that. <clears throat> oh man. Yeah. yeah, but it's uh yeah. It's a really nice article and it's it's not like it doesn't make fun of him. It doesn't make no, him. No. I mean, not that it would, but uh, often there's kind of like a, a snarky tone to these sort of things. But it isn't yeah, really. Can be. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, that's really great. Really great. Uh, great publicity. Now, Steve, I heard they tried to get a hold of you for your B-Wing collection, but you weren't available. <laughs> oh yeah, I just got my schedule was just <laughs> yeah. way overbooked. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so that's the kind of example of, of how also how the how the new blog works where, you know, Ron just saw it and he just threw it up on the blog. Right, right. And yeah. you can just click on it and so it'll be this sort of centralized hub of new information. Yeah, yeah. I think that today we just put out the thing on uh, Plastic Galaxy going to streaming, I think on Friday. So it's it's like exactly it's stuff like that or or it's stuff that's a little more uh, in depth. I mean right. that's what's great about it, you can kind of you can kind of do what you want. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we said, you know, <laughs> bringing the archive into the 21st century. That's how we <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that's, that, that's true that uh, Plastic Galaxy is going to be – how does that work, Steve? I'm not a, a Generation Y-er like I, you are. What is Vimeo? 
See, I, I'm not a Vimeo user either. I, I've, I've seen things on Vimeo, I guess, but I don't know exactly how the system works. Is, it like, is it like YouTube, but for ladies? Think... <laughs> <laughs> that that I, I can't... Is I that can't what the V in say. Vimeo stands for? <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so I, I don't really... Yeah, I sort of... So it's like video on demand... So, I get it. So you can buy it for thirteen or rent it for five. It's on Vimeo. You can still see Django's hands on the cover. Love yeah, that. Yeah. That's that's pre existential crisis, Django. Yeah. <laughs> Are humans just made to die? Uh, let's pet the dog. That's how I ended it. By the way, I just took him over to the dog. I'm like, you see, Bo's happy because do you know what he thinks about? Kibble, 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 kibble. Yeah, that's all he thinks about. He just thinks about kibble. So just think like Bo sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess you could just download it and then you own it streaming, and that's what, what Vimeo is. <laughs> but we definitely suggest that. Um, yeah, if you, if you, especially if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. But I'm assuming a lot of people have, but it's just an easy way to, to access it, I guess. Yeah. So what else has happened in the 17 months since we last recorded the show, Steve? <laughs> it's been since the last episode that you and I both did the Ice Bucket Challenge, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to do it, Steve. I, I wasn't, you know, ever thinking of doing it either. But the second I saw it, you had done it, I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> but but uh, Aaron, our, our good friend, yeah. Uh, yeah. called us out. And, uh, and it's actually... You know, I there is someone close to me who did lose someone to this, yeah. um, so it, it wasn't I wasn't like totally against it or whatever, no, no, no. but yeah. it, you know it was a fad and everything, and uh, and that was kind of it was kind of fun, and I just happened to be wearing a Chewbacca shirt when I was challenged, which is pretty funny. Is that- <laughs> yeah, but then that that made me think of my favorite of all these, uh, oh, yeah. which is by Ray Davies. Uh, is, yeah. is it Ray or Dave? Wait. That was Dave Davies. <clears throat> yeah, Dave Davies. Yeah. So for Kinks. those of you who don't know, so there's The Kinks, right? Which Are you into The Kinks, Steve? I, I am, yeah. I, I grew up, like, my dad loved The Kinks, so it was always playing at home. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big big Kinks fan. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that, Steve. <laughs> well, that's one thing you didn't know. Your dad's a go. big Kinks fan? Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, like like my my I actually just recently started getting my kids into the Kinks. Um, hey, start them young. Yeah, so we've been uh, playing Village Green Preservation Society, um, <laughs> and uh, Ar- uh, what's that name? Arthur. Those two albums. Those are the main ones yeah. we've been playing. Um, and and so it's just been kind of fun because we've been listening to it, and they're trying to. I learned how to play uh, Village Green on guitar, and we've been singing it. It's really funny because it's this weird song about nostalgia for the fifties in England. And so <laughs> my kids are singing these references. I have no idea what Mrs. Mop is, but anyways, um, in the event that you don't know the Kinks. Uh, and you just think they're just, you really got me. They have like six or seven albums that are just like unbelievable, as good as anything the Who or the Beatles did. And it's just, for whatever reason, people don't give them the respect they deserve. Yeah. But they're brothers. And unfortunately, the good one, the one who wrote all the music, is not the one who's involved in this video. But still. Um, <laughs> so Dave Davies was challenged by Mark Hamill. Right, yeah. To do the Ice Bucket Challenge. I guess they're friends. 
Seems like it, yeah. At least, you know, pretty close acquaintances. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, talk about a cool dinner. How psyched could you be <laughs> to be at that dinner, you know? Be like, yeah. <laughs> so when you were in Star Wars and when you were in the kinks, did <laughs> I can't pass the, Pass the bread. <laughs> you just go Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Aaron, we can tell the story one more time. Can we tell the story again about Aaron meeting Mark Hamill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, My favorite fun. story yes. all time. Aaron, who's a pretty cool guy, uh, you know, not he's not a super nerd or anything, and he, he goes up and he... <laughs> Yeah, he meets Mark Hamill. He says, "So, where are you from?" He goes, "From Rochester." He goes, "That's pretty cold there." I mean, he goes, "From Buffalo." He goes, "Yeah, pretty cold there." Yeah, like when you were on hot. (laughs) (laughs) What was great about it though was like Aaron's uh, like his mannerisms. Yeah, well, and it's like he he like accepted like man. I can't believe I said that. That was just no. It's like acceptance and like the way yeah. he told us. So I, I, I have not laughed that hard that often. That was that was great. Yeah, yeah. I can action. So, so I like giving out orders to people. So if you're at Celebration Seven and you see Aaron, he'll be kind of hanging around, walking around. Uh, ask him. Just to say, like when you were on Hoth, I'm sure he'll do it. Just his, he's got a pretty good Buffalo accent going. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just really worth it. So anyways, uh, it's pretty cool. It's worth checking out because, uh, Dave Davies does the ice bucket challenge, but what does he have, Steve, instead of ice and water? A bunch of, uh, beat up vintage action figures. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> yeah. I, and it's, and I, I did some research and okay. what's cool is he actually has four sons. Much like okay. you know, I have three. I have three brothers, and you know they were all born, whatever, in the '60s and early mm-hmm. '70s. Yeah. So these are definitely his kids' Star Wars toys. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and they belong in Steve's reject collection. I mean, there's oh, yeah. there's an R2D2 that's completely beat up. The stickers off. Uh, the Luke doesn't have a saber. I think yeah. he put Obi Wan's cape on Darth. Oh yeah. He- doesn't he like make some weird comment about it too at some point? <laughs> it's just it, there's some there's some weirdness going on that's like really endearing. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell what that cape is. Um, he appears to have maybe had a, a few drinks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it appears to be fairly early in the morning as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so that, that's worth checking out because it's pretty hard to get cooler than one of the Davies brothers playing with vintage Star Wars figures uh, on YouTube. That's just and pretty he, sweet. he seems to be like genuinely excited about them too, which is <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it seems as though the, the Luke has suffered some serious head trauma. Um, <laughs> I, think it's, I think he's like glued it back together and then he throws them into the bucket of water uh, right. and he's actually playing with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and there's even a there's even a Hoth trooper. So maybe it went a little yeah, bit later yeah. than that. But yeah, that's that's pretty high up on the list of. Oh, you know, it looks like I'm looking at it again now. It almost looks like uh, Darth has a, a Bib Fortuna jacket on. That I is what, what it looks like. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if there was a Chewie there because then I could put that as one of my one of my Grails. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is. There's there's a Leia. There's an Obi Wan. Yeah. There's a Luke. Yeah. Um, that's good but, stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that's actually, um, 
I heard about that. Uh, I just, even though I haven't been podcasting much, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts, Steve. Yeah, yeah, so have I, actually. And uh, I just, man, I say it not every month, but those guys, if you're not listening to Rebel Force Radio, those guys are just really doing awesome stuff. And yeah. uh, I was... The, the, they they have this whole podcast, Steve, and you told me you listened to it too. That's all mm-hmm. about John Williams' music. Yes, yeah, it's uh, Oxygen. Yeah, uh, Star Wars yeah. Oxygen, and yeah, it, 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 every month it just it blows my mind how good yeah. the analysis is. It's like yeah. top flight musical analysis, thematic analysis. It's, I mean, honestly, as an academic, like I feel like I have the right to talk about things at being high level of analysis versus just kind of surface level. And it just doesn't get better. Like I can't, I couldn't imagine a better anyways. And it's just, it's really worth listening to. So in the event that you're kind of a vintage snob and you, you like this show, but you think everything else is kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> really check that out because that, and you know, we've already talked about, uh, influences uh, before. Influences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just being a, a great show if you're into it, but I mean, talk about like a, a audio magazine. I mean, those things are like audio books. Um, yeah, and yeah. In, like the last one in particular was really strong. Yeah, um, it was the first one for Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And just yeah. they make some pretty cool uh, revelations about mm-hmm. why the Emperor's theme is the same song as Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath <laughs> off the album <laughs> Black Sabbath. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which now that I say it, you think, oh, what's that? So, so just go check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you really, you really should. They also figured out something pretty, pretty interesting, uh, which is that on the new TV show Rebels, um, there's like a, a some a ship called uh, the Ghost, I think. Uh, okay, is that like the main, the main ship? Yeah, the main ship. Whatever you know, they okay. always try and do that. And they were complaining about how bad the sound was when it would Oh, turn. oh yeah, that's right. And, I remember this, yeah. And one of their listeners realized that it was like the same sound that was made by the Millennium Falcon in the Kenner oh, commercial. Turret. Yeah, exactly. The actual yeah. turret. So right. um, that's as far as like vintage news goes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like listening to other people's vintage news and just giving our version of it. But uh, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a, a pretty cool, obscure... Uh, pull to figure out that 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 could be on there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then the last thing was they included. Uh, they talked about the one of the new directors of uh, episodes eight and nine being the guy right. Ryan Rian. I think call him Rihanna Johnson. Um, <laughs> and they played an interview with him and Terry Gilliam. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. And the cool thing was uh, Rihanna actually talked about about like the influence of playing with the toys and that that's essentially how he feels he is making the movie. It's like going to be playing with the vintage action figures but making the movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's We talk about the generation of movie makers that grew up on Star Wars, but it's cool to hear it be in the context of a generation of kids who grew up playing with the toys. Yeah. And he says yeah. it, it was the toys more than the movie. So. Yeah, I don't think that's like uncommon either. No. Right? Yeah. So that that maybe that means there'll be instead of some kind of stupid throwback to the original trilogy, maybe there'll be a stupid throwback to Kenner Toys. <laughs> 
Let's see some mini rigs, man. Let's get the worst mini rigs in there. <laughs> That's a really good point. I was trying to think about what they could do. I mean, already Rebels is apparently making the the troop transporter a major vehicle. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I, t- I said this months ago. If you want to invest in vintage, buy troop transporters because it's going to be like the main vehicle in Rebels <laughs> for the bad guys. I'm not joking. This is this, oh, that's that's awesome. This came out a while ago. Yeah, that'd be awesome if it was like if the Cap Two, if there's like some oh, figure who used the Cap Two. I was just thinking, thinking of the Cap Two because it's got a Rebel Commander connection. The poor Rebel Commander is the one getting captured by the Cap. That's true. He's getting capped. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, or if they just like made some reference, like quick, go use the vehicle maintenance energizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, if you have more ideas of how episode 8 could all be about vintage figures catcast at gmail.com <clears throat> oh man yeah uh, oh you know uh, what else do you have Steve because I was going to say something stupid <laughs> well um, I guess we could say we got all of our sponsors for the archive party archive um, party news yeah uh, yeah, we could, we and there's that. not a whole lot there, but I had a drop for a celebration, something or other, right? Like it's a celebration. I think that's for yeah. celebration five, though. Celebration! The celebration! The celebration! Six. Six. My favorite number is six. Nobody's favorite number is six. Hey, you can uh, you can uh, update it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, celebration Anaheim. <laughs> Anaheim. But Bert, nobody's favorite town is Anaheim. Yeah, Steve. So you've been really running the party. So, so how many are all sponsors filled now? Uh, yeah, we're we're at forty-one, which I kind of liked going with the number that <laughs> that went with a, a vintage wow. card back. There were there were a couple people that expressed interest, but hadn't really. Short it up yet, but and at some point we may open it up to a few more. Maybe maybe go for forty five or forty eight. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, now, has, has well. everyone like paid? By everyone, I mean, pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's crazy how how good the response was. Um, I was kind of scared we wouldn't get enough, but we got more more than I expected. So now, Steve, uh, when I made the party last time. Yeah, um, I knew the most important thing was to make sure that there was basically no food at all. Are you going to keep that tradition going? Well, uh, if all goes according to plan, <laughs> we should have like at least triple the amount, <laughs> amount of food as the uh, the first party. Um, which, it, with the thing, it worked the way it worked out though is like just to get the room, uh, you, we would have to pay that much. And it could either go to food or it could just go to room rental. I'm like, well, well, if we're paying that much, why don't we just spend it on food, right? So, right. yeah, I mean, there'll be more food. It's, you know, I still wouldn't suggest like going after starving all day as I did, and then I ended up eating cereal <laughs> and somehow surviving. But uh, no, it'll it'll be there'll be more more food. Uh, there'll be a bar like last time. Uh, but yeah, no, it's all going well. We got we got the design crew from from last time uh, working on stuff, which uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, can't really give anything away just yet, but but know that it's it's in the works. Yes, so. the archive party is coming about, and it's so cool. Like I just love this that the the, the how integrated the podcast is now with the 
with the archive because it yeah before it kind of felt like the archive party brought to you by the archive podcast sort of kind of it's not really a podcast party but it's sort of an archive but it's both <laughs> and it's not and it's neither it's like just one one thing it's awesome yeah yeah no it's it's uh it's going really well so stay tuned we'll we'll, we'll get the details out on on uh exclusives and, and tickets and all that in the coming months but yeah, it's going well. Yeah, so. I'm gonna have to step in and be a little bit sky eventually too. And <laughs> I, I, I need, I need, yeah. <laughs> you can't let them walk all over me, man. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's going fine. So yeah, the the problem uh, about collaborating is that you have to listen to other people's advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it was funny too because um, you know we've been like looking at the old exclusives. And like people are selling the coins, you know, like the are they those, still being sold? Yeah, the coins are still being sold, <laughs> and and the the card backs a little bit less. But um, if you got a card back, right, like there were hundreds of extra card backs at the end of the party, and I just took them all, I cut them in half, and threw them in the trash. And I was like, this is a horrible thing to do because these are all beautiful creations. But I I but truly believe that at some point in the future that's going to have actual collector appeal and everyone who went to the first archive party is going to be among the few to have these cool weird manatee themed back where it all started right yeah back where it all started because imagine when we're at like archive party eight and it's like all super official like dave winfield's there and mark yeah, hamill see, I want to say, let's like yeah if we get that far i want someone else to do it yeah <laughs> the planning committee yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, yes. no, it, it's uh, a <laughs> yeah. Celebration it, it, Anaheim Suite. Yes, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, I just have to work on getting work off. Better do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna have to stand there with a cardboard cutout of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. Language. Blah blah blah. Chewbacca. Blah blah blah. Prequels are good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do so. I'll get back to the stupid thing I was going to say, which is okay, a funny, right. a funny memory. Um, and you know what? We haven't really asked for stories from people, so I'm asking for your vintage destruction stories. Ooh. So tell me, okay. tell us, kivecast at gmail dot com, a story about a vintage item that has been destroyed in the last twenty years. Why and how? So uh, as you know, my um, my. My dad just sort of ha he's not like he's a collector, but he's just kind of an eccentric guy, and he just sort of has an eye eye for design, and so he would he would like buy Star Wars figures, and he'd give them away, and we'd all have them, and then he'd just take some and just put them in the high boy. A uh, high boy is like a a big dresser thing. Okay. And so like you know he just whatever just buy f ten stormtroopers, and he'd just put one away, and it wasn't like I'm gonna get rich. It was just like. I should do this. Yeah, and so yeah. I actually hung up the stormtrooper in my room uh, when I was in high school and someone stole it. So that, that stinks. Oh. Um, so I know that's out there somewhere. But then a couple of years ago, I found two rebel commanders and mm. they were, you know, beat up, whatever. I don't know, 40, 45, 47 backs, maybe 47. I don't know exactly what they were, but it was really cool to find mint on card vintage figures. Yeah. And uh, and then there was this one time I go and I'm, I'm looking and because so my parents keep, like they have lots of grandkids and friends and like 
anyways, they just keep a room filled with old toys. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, their back porch is just overrun with, like, you know, the Shogun Godzilla and, like, Playmobil <laughs> and Legos and Star Wars. It's just all mixed up. Uh, Mr. Machine. Um, and I was going out there, and I looked down, and I'm like, this is a really minty Rebel Commander. I mean, these joints are totally... He has his weapon. None of my figures have their weapons. And I realized that uh, my brother's wife's brother's kids had come in and they found it. And I wasn't even there when they opened it. That's what kills me. If I was there and I came in, I was able to play. Like It was just at some point in the last five years. And uh, so, anyways, there's and I can't find the card back, so they must have just opened it and threw it away. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. so yeah, so that's the story of vintage destruction of just this rebel commander. I'm like, this is really mint. I don't, I can't believe how mint this figure is. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yep. <laughs> so, what else have we got in the news, Steve? Um, let's see. Are we ready to cut to another feature. I think, I think we're ready, right? We, we covered the, the big stuff. Um, oh, well, I guess I don't know if this is news or not, but uh, I remember we had talked about we both like having new foci or foci, right? Yeah, I like foci, Steve. That's You like foci? That means okay. my new foci. <laughs> yeah, Steve, we, we have new areas of things that we collect. Sort of. Yeah, I, I've sort of started, but it's not it's not... I don't know. I haven't dug too deep yet, but oh yeah, uh, by new foci, I've bought one thing in the past four months. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think I've I've got like two. <laughs> okay, so Steve, tell us about yours. All right. Well, it, it kind of started. Uh, I think it actually really did start when we were at the toy chamber uh, back in July, and I came across this crazy, like giant floppy disk looking thing that had you know the Empire Strikes Back like image on it. I'm like, what the heck is this? And it was this crazy obsolete video ish format, uh, called, uh, CED, which I, I need to have it. was a great, like actual name for what that meant. Like stood for. Hold on a second. Do you remember? <laughs> well, I see, it's not one of my foci, so I shouldn't know, but <laughs> maybe you should know. I should know. It's been a while since I've thought about it. I haven't actually bought one of these yet. This is it. Capacitance electronic disc. I just love that word. Capacitance. It's like capacitance. Yeah. It sounds like something that Mike Tyson would say. I punched yeah. him in his capacitance. <laughs> yeah. I've got the capacitance yeah. to obliterate his mythology. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like a real word, but yeah. but it is. Um, but yeah, it's this crazy video format that like didn't last very long. It lasted a couple years, and Star Wars was one of the. The titles and Empire, and then when it got to Jedi, like each disc can only hold so much that they had to split Jedi into two discs, actually. Um, but it, I, it kind of just sparked my curiosity and started looking into it, and I, I've kind of decided that you know since there isn't really much more to do with with, <laughs> with the B wing pilot, uh, I might go after kind of like obsolete film and video Star Wars related stuff uh, combined with like. Stuff that has to deal with Star Wars being in the theaters, so or like being promoted on home video. Uh, so it's cool. I mean, there's a lot of in inexpensive stuff 
out there, and uh, I've kind of got my eyes or like ideas of what I would go after. It wouldn't be everything, but just a kind of a weird little display I could set up at work or something because it would just fit in, and people like walking by, like, "What the heck is that?" And then some people would actually like, "Oh, it's a CED." Like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Most other people are like, "What?" You know, it's just so it's it's fun. It's kind of kind of like tied into to work, which is fun in a way. Right. So um, Steve works at AFA. The <laughs> the Academy Film Archive. Yeah, I guess we never talked about that. Yeah, I think that, we I think like, we did. I see, things, we, we okay. recorded a whole episode. I mean, I have no yeah. idea what we actually talked about on the episode yeah. that we lost. Yeah, but yeah. The place where Steve works is called AFA, the Academy Film Archive. Right, and yeah. he just works on archiving different pieces of film from film history. Yeah. So the CED totally works in with it. Um, it's, it's my capacitance. I, I just can't get over. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did they ever yeah. make a Betamax uh, Star Wars? Yeah, no. There, there's my my goal kind of is to get something on each format representing each film in some kind of weird way, and that includes like I want to get like you know a weird VHS of an old droids cartoon or something like that. Just so I have like that whole vintage era of Star Wars on video or in theaters kind of represented. So right, yeah, it's. There, there was definitely Betamax. There were, um, I mean, with the CD is the weirdest one, but there was some crazy, like, weird video discs from Japan that was, like, a different format that, that I'm going to try and find. I mean, there, there's all sorts of weirdness about it, which, which is fun to me. I mean, it just, it's, uh, just something to look for and kind of chip away at. Right. And, occupied. and in the event that you're, that you have any, any capacitance <laughs> and you want to help Steve with his capacitance uh, focus kivecast at gmail.com you know? yeah yeah let me know I mean I'm, I'm up for, for anything odd so let's use our power as podcasters right to, to bring this to us yeah it's it's really cool stuff and then hopefully we'll yeah, be so able to watch you, yeah yeah I, oh, that was the thing I forgot to mention when I when I first brought up the idea that some of my coworkers, like one of them's like oh my god I, I totally forgot about those things I think we have a player down in the basement we could see if it. We could like do a demonstration, see if it works. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, like they, they do this thing every year there where they kind of they can show off old technology. Just it's 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 called the real thing, and this is going off on a tangent here. But he's like, yeah, next year at the real thing, we'll, we'll bring out the the player and see if we can get Star Wars to play. Wow, oh, that sounds fun. That's crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. You should become the capacitor. That should be. You should just dedicate your life to collecting capacitance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great stuff. So, what what are your what's your new uh, avenue here? Well, this is something. If you've been paying attention to the show, uh, I've mentioned several times, and that is, I've always been fascinated by the forty eight B. So, yeah, that's the right. forty eight back with the Revenge of the Jedi sticker, yeah. not the printed offer. Now, when when we were in the Carolinas, I saw uh, Chris Joaglius's collection, and uh, he just happened to have a lot of them. He didn't even notice. Because that's, I guess that's the way you are when you have an insanely good collection. <laughs> He's like, "Do I?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think you have like seventy percent of of a, of a forty eight back collection." Um, but still, I noticed that with that large collection of Akbar offers, a really small portion of them were uh, were stickers and not and not printed. Yeah. So. There's still no real premium on it. I don't think the value is ever really going to go up for the sticker over the printed offer. Um, yeah. But basically, like my 21 back run, it's not over, but it's there's not that much to do there. And just 
trying to collect 48 more figures is really fun. And, uh, and I'm just kind of any way I can, you know, like if, if you're looking through eBay and you see a 48 back B and you let me know, why not? You know, cause it's hard to look for too. Cause everything else I look up, it's like, there's like whatever, 10 or 15 Chewbacca searches you can do. Yeah. And, but as far as like a 48 back B, like one specific kind of empire offer, there's like so many different ways you could look it yeah, up. You could, exactly, you could you could uh, you know reach it in so many different ways. Yeah. Did you just swear? Oh, reach it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know you could look up ESB, Empire Strikes Back, forty eight back, forty eight back B, forty eight back C, Akbar offer. There's all these terms. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, as of now, I have a grand total of one. Um, <laughs> it has begun. It has begun. Well, the thing is, there's a lot on eBay right now, but. Um, there's a, a guy named uh, Frank who runs Final Frontier Toys, and he's been around for a while, and he's has lots of good stuff. I've bought lots of stuff from him over the years. Uh, he's usually a little bit on the higher end, and the stuff he has there is is uh, is all graded. But I remember in 2004, my plan was to get one of each, a, Empire, a Star Wars Empire and Jedi Chewbacca, and that was going to be it. And I, <laughs> I knew that I wanted... Uh, a Akbar offer because it said Revenge of the Jedi on it and I thought that yeah. was awesome and I remember that I didn't buy the 48 back B for Chewbacca from Frank I, I was like I'll get the C somewhere else and then that sold and it took me like four years to find another 48 back B for Chewbacca yeah. Um, yeah. but he has a bunch of them I wonder if he had a find I, I could ask him but I, th- I think if I remember he's kind of weird <laughs> Well, I'm kind of weird too, so maybe that works well, out. <laughs> weird's not necessarily bad, you know. It's yeah, weird. no, like he has like a good <laughs> reputation. Oh, you know what it is? It's not that he's weird; it's that he doesn't he doesn't like to go down on his prices. That's okay. Right. Because right. I also got my uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca two pack from him, and uh, I paid five hundred for it, which okay. is actually a very reasonable deal considering how good of a two pack that is. But, yeah, hey. <laughs> but at the time, it was like that thing's not worth more than a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, but now I have it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's what I'm trying to put together. And the very first one I got was indeed the Rebel Commander. I just, <laughs> I did it. I did a general search. It was not on purpose at all. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pay a lot for these, right? So, part of the nice thing about having a side focus is you can be really picky because you're not yeah, passionate yeah. about it. I mean, you're passionate about it, but it's not. It's not. Sure. It doesn't burn. So I'm not like. Burning with passion for forty-eight bees. I'm just really hoping to put together a good a good set. Yeah. So yeah, I made the mistake of deciding to have that collection in the presence of Ron Salvatore, um, because he likes teasing people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he kept referring to me for the rest of the trip as Sky Payne, King of the Forty-Eight Bees, <laughs> because of course he collects from a time where you wouldn't even think to differentiate between those things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> King of the 48 Bs. <sighs> but that's it, Steve. I'm the king of the 48 Bs. title is yours. The title yeah. is mine. I, mean, I only have one. And you're the, <laughs> you're, you're the king of capacitance. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right, Steve. Well, let's say we... Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. They're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my 
Okay, Steve, I, I'm looking at the nugget, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I don't get it. <laughs> you, you don't get why it's special. <laughs> I, I don't get why you put it. I like. Oh, I don't understand I don't its correlation to our show. Oh, there, there I, is I don't none. get how it yeah. counts as a nugget. I don't. <laughs> what's going on, Steve? All right, well, if you remember way back when, I think it was one of our earliest kind of nuggets. Was the uh, wasn't it the Burger King glasses? And, uh, what? I just, yeah. Just the glasses themselves? Just the glasses themselves. Yeah, yeah. This is going way, I think it was like the first year we were recording. How is uh, that a nugget? Those, you can get those anywhere. I, we should go back and listen to see how you presented it. But I remember specifically, I think it was like we've been talking about, like, sculpts or, or, you know, something crazy prototype related. And you're like, let's, let's get back down there with some Burger King glasses. And I'm like, okay. And then we did. Uh, so I thought, <laughs> might as well, we would talk a lot about proto- prototypes and things like that. And I thought we'd try and find something that's kind of rare, but nothing that, you know, crazy once, you know, you, you see it. It's, you got to look at it a little bit more. There's there's more to it than, than what you might think. Um, okay. But so what this is, it's uh, the countertop display that you, you would have found at a Burger King if you're going in to get your big, or your, not Big Mac, but your Whopper or whatever. Right. And uh, so this thing has, you know, the classic Star Wars logo and then glasses right beneath it, which I thought was pretty, like, they just mimic the style. And then they have the four glasses on display in this kind of, I mean, this must have been, you know, decently sized, too. But it has all four and a little countertop display. And, and apparently, you know, this one is much rarer than the uh, the versions that they did for Empire and, and Jedi I just thought it looked cool. I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing that crazy, but it's something that I I hadn't seen, at, you know, before. Uh, I mean, that, that's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you think? Did that that didn't sell you? I, I I doubt I doubt Burger King would hire me as their their rep <laughs> to go out and try and get them to uh, <laughs> go for the glasses. But well, it's the. I mean, I, I guess uh, one thing I like to do when, when I'm goofing around on the archive. We'll we'll, uh, we'll do. Sky tells you how to goof around the archive. A good, a fun thing to do is to actually just click on the the names, because mm-hmm. you know there's this great database that's built into the archive as well. Um, and so, uh, if you click on the name, uh, it's 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 uh, it's the photo comes from the collection of Kurt Vigneri. And Steve, I've I don't know Kurt Vigneri. Neither do I. I've, yeah. I've never heard of him. I'm sure that. You know, a couple of some old timers are screaming at their phones, going, "You don't know Kurt Vigneri? but uh, <laughs> uh, he has actually a lot of other cool uh, Burger King stuff. Like yeah. everything that's yeah. for him, yeah, is in it's there. It's all, all all Burger King uh, related, yeah. So what what I, what I think you should do is you just go on the archive, look at the things Steve said, but then also look at uh, uh, something that I happen to think is really cool. It's this. Uh, it's the ESB. Not the ESB glasses. It's the everybody wins. Yeah. Display. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, my trademark of stupidity. I've never actually seen this one. Um, <laughs> part of me feels as though we should call Ron and ask him about the everyone wins. <laughs> we should call him out of the blue. <laughs> what do you think if we did that? He might, he might be grumpy, but you never know. <laughs> he might be grumpy. Let's just give it a call. If he doesn't answer, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to hit record. <laughs> For posterity, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's probably out at the movies. He's sleeping. <clears throat> hey, you know, Thanks. 
Hey, Ron, it's Sky. Uh, hey. <laughs> I called the other day. Steve's on here, too. <clears throat> hey, Ron. <laughs> uh, we're calling about the Everybody Wins game, the, the Burger King display, because we know you know a lot about displays. I'd never seen it before. Uh, I think it looks like a big white salt shaker. And uh, I, I just, how rare are these things? Uh, tell me more about it, Ron. But I'm just going to leave you a message, and I'll call you back and have a real conversation with you later. And the archive's looking great, by the way. Loving the blog posts. And, uh, yeah, you take it easy, right, Steve? <laughs> All right, see you later, Ron. <laughs> hey. Hey, sounds good. Uh, actually, wait, you sound terrible. Oh, what's wrong? Oh, no, you sound fine now. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, what, what, what drew me to this, uh, to this display yeah. is, first of all, the, the really weird shape. So it's got this shape of a gun turret. Right, yeah. Um, and it's just very well tied into the Rebel Commander. Yeah. Which See, sometimes, Steve, just, you have the nugget this, tied in yeah. to the I, actual figure. <laughs> How did I not see this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, this is the kind of thing that you know, probably there's no answer to this, but I wonder who did this design because this is really not a good design. It doesn't read. I looked at it, and for a long time, I thought, is this only in Philadelphia? Because I thought it was the Liberty Bell. It does totally. <laughs> it's got the Liberty Bell look. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, and just the everybody wins game is kind of funny, tied yeah. into Empire Strikes Back. It's like actually everybody loses. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And then what I love is that it says you can win Empire Strikes Back trading cards or win an Atari system. That, that's a pretty slick prize. Yeah, and just, I mean, I guess we've talked about Atari some yeah. here and there. Uh, of course, one of my favorite pieces of trivia, Steve, what is the first Star Wars video game on a home system? Oh, God. I, is it the Empire one? Yeah, so it's yeah. Empire Strikes Back yeah. on Atari. yeah. Which I remember playing and just being so frustrated by. <laughs> but it's one of the most successful Atari games because it actually does feel like the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it always had this mystical power. I could never, like, my brother was a little bit better at it than me. I just had no idea how he could possibly do it. <laughs> um, so I guess all that is to say, Steve, I think next month we're going to call somebody about Burger King displays and talk about it more. I think, yeah, get all of them covered because there's a lot of, there's more than just these. There's quite a few on here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a, a bunch of those. So uh, anyone who wants to make us unstupid, that sounds good. <laughs> we like to de-stupidify our capacitance. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well then, uh, let's uh, let's help the unloved. Okay. All right. So what do we got? For you don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. It ties well in with your your movie thought. Steve, now you've really lost the plot. Now your unloved item is just a vintage toy. <laughs> this is the precedence that we we've set before. It's okay, right? You're right, Steve. You're right. I need to be more accepting and open and nurturing with you, Steve. You're doing a wonderful job of picking nuggets and picking unloved items. So, what did you choose, Steve? I, I chose the pickle ship. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the Rebel Transport, which, I mean, how as far as, like, unexciting vintage toys, this has got to be up there with, with some of them, right? I mean, we, we talked about, I think we actually, it was the uh, Imperial Troop Transport that was one of, one of our early unloved items. I'm just going retro. It's yeah. true, yeah, all, yeah. all retro. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it... it I mean, it's, it's funny. Just reading the uh, the catalog descriptions on the archive, it just makes it sound so much better than, than it is. Uh, okay, here we go. It's the Rebel Transport. <laughs> Climb aboard for adventure. Holds up to 24 figures, not included, in all. Rotating laser cannons hold one figure and can be removed to be played with alone. <laughs> Secret escape hatch, two. Also includes four asteroid gas masks and five hearth backpacks. <laughs> Ages four and up. Three pounds, twenty nine <laughs> Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I love that they have to adver- advertise that the little, uh, what was it, the cannon, you, you can play with that alone, because the ship itself isn't really <laughs> much to, to do with, at least as a gun, right? Uh, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's funny, on the, bo- the box image, it's, it's, you know, piloted by none other than, than the Rebel Commander, which uh, which is... One thread to, to tie in, but nothing, nothing major. But I do like that uh, Ron describes it. Well, that, as that's the, the second box. Yeah, well, that's well. He was on both. I think it, one was the blue box, one was the yellow. And I think in both. Oh, I see. I miss. Both, I, I miss. Oh no, you know what it is? Huh? Wait, I thought I saw Princess Leia in there. Oh, maybe you're right. No, I think I just saw it. I saw it wrong. Oh, there, this well, is in the catalog picture. You got like the original Leia and, and uh, Han. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 I was looking at the. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but um, yeah, Ron refers to it, or he says sometimes referred to as the uh, the weird pickle ship. It's, is that true? Does anyone actually call it? That, or is that I, I just would wrong? say that might just be Ron. I, I, I have not heard that before. You know, let, let, let's call him and leave another message. <laughs> it's like drunk dialing, but right. podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are true professionals, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, it's uh. But I mean, yeah. What? It just doesn't seem like anything that would be all that engaging, aside from a place to to put your figures. Which I guess it's it's got utility, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> I've I've never held one of these. Ever. I, I you know what I think I may have, uh, but I don't remember. <laughs> so that, that goes to show you it's. And I like when I was still trying to get like one of each. Uh, production toy. I think this is one of the last ones that I I, I held out for just because it was huge. The box is big. I'm like, where am I going to put this thing? And I don't even know. I don't think I actually ever bought one. Um, but yeah. There you go. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it seems like a, a pretty cool piece. It seems kind of neat. I mean, I guess it is just to, just to carry action figures. Yeah. But, Thirty bucks—that's pretty expensive. That's pretty steep, right? I mean, wouldn't you rather like put that towards a Millennium Falcon or something? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I just—I just haven't. I have never really thought. I mean, I did obviously think about it because well, it's my—it's my favorite lightning round question of all time. <laughs> you remember that, right? Wait a minute. Tying into the, the Rebel Transport, or yeah, yeah, I that can't, was. I can't remember. So that was uh, during the Konichi Wampa episode, okay. the, the Japanese episode, yeah. which I, I hold up as as one of our better episodes. And when it came time to the lightning round, uh, I asked him, "What what Star Wars vintage figure would you be?" And he said, "The Rebel Transport," oh. Oh, because my. I'm empty inside. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> 
I just had no I was just sitting there in the star case in the middle of this baking Tokyo sun, just being like, uh, okay. <laughs> you should talk to my son. Have a nice, depressing conversation. <laughs> uh, uh, see, we're doing a lot of tie-ins to, to old episodes, getting nostalgic here. It's true, yeah. <laughs> I guess now that we're starting phase two, I, I don't know what. Um, okay, so the reissue was the blue background. Mm-hmm. First issues of the yellow background. Yeah, I just wow, I've just not thought about this at all. <laughs> See, that means it's unloved, right? If you don't even think about it, <laughs> it's true. The first transport is away, but of course, you know what happens, Steve. I look at it and I just go, I want that weird pickle ship. <laughs> oh yeah, because I do custom pickle ships. What does a loose pickle ship go for? That's a good question. I mean, it can't be that much, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it actually makes me think of... Uh, you ever watch uh, Homestar Runner, Steve? No, no, I haven't seen it. Well, anyways, it's an online cartoon show that's really well done. It was They stayed independent, and they haven't made one in a while. But it's really funny, and they have an entire show that's basically a parody of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Cheat Commandos, and they're... <laughs> they're, they're, they're catchphrase. Buy all our playsets and toys, <laughs> and uh, and one of the vehicles that the cheat commandos have is action figure transport uh, vehicle, <laughs> and they just call it that to say all it exists for is for transporting action figures. <laughs> well, you, this is it right here. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's good. See, that is unloved. Say, <laughs> so I have to well, kind of like <laughs> coax you into it after a while. Yeah, but now now I want a loose a loose rebel transport. See, that's Actually, my goal. If I, if I can get you to to want to buy one by the end of the segment, then I feel like I've I've you know achieved some success. Well, you know, it's funny because the 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 gas mask I would put forth as one of the best you know accessories, <laughs> and I actually at one point. Um, Really, con- ser- seriously considered trying to have like an army of over a hundred Chewies with, with the gas with masks, gas masks. <laughs> and I got up to like maybe twenty, and then I stopped. Um, shortage, shortage of gas masks. <laughs> yep, shortage of gas masks. Uh, cool. Um, well, then I guess we can hit the market watch. Yeah. Nope. We're not going to go to the market watch yet. I'm going to do a little bit of uh, what I am now becoming famous for of meta podcasting. So this is Sky here, and I was editing the show. And you'll hear in the market watch that we make reference to the Kleb Zelloc that was sold or not sold or auctioned off uh, a couple months ago. Uh, for $50,000, the unproduced droids and Ewoks figure known as Kleb Zelloc, in which a salesman sample sold on eBay for $50,000, although it is now thought that it was not actually sold. So that's the topic that we discuss. And you will hear, what I'm going to do is, first, I wrote a theme song for the Kleb Zelloc segment. Why did I do that? Because I want to show you, audience, that, that I'm, I'm sort of, I'm back on my game. As I've mentioned, I was sort of out of it for a while, a little bit too busy. Um, 
But when you hear the Cleb Zellock song, you'll realize that whatever I am, for good or bad, I am it even more this month. So you'll hear the Cleb Zellock song, and then I will include the original portion of the show in which Steve and I discuss it. Um, I believe I call him by the wrong name. I think I call him Zeb, after the Rebels character. Uh, it's... Ooh, I wonder if that's connected. Okay, Sky, remember that. Uh, we talk about it briefly, but then it's very clear that we don't actually know exactly what to say. So we don't say anything and we say we'll talk about it next month. Well, get out of your TARDISes, everybody, because it is now next month in terms of talking about Club Zellock. Because I called up the great unproduced droids and Ewok, Maestro James Gallo. That, that rhymes. And I had an interview with him. So I'll just basically play all of these things in order. So there's the song, there's us not knowing what we're talking about, and then there's what the show is really good at, which is talking to people who do know what they talk about. So enjoy the Kleb Zellock actually produced segment. You trademark is stupidity. Two, three, four. Kleb, 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 Kleb Zellock. Kleb, 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 Kleb Zellock. Clap, 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 I went to the dance, asking for a club. Said he couldn't dance, cause he's way too fat. Clubs along, doesn't have good range of motion. But you put him on the card, back with a little bit of glue, and you can't fire him. Oh, clubs along! Uh, yeah, it's funny, this first auction that he mentioned is actually something I had put down as an old news item. Um, so, what it is, it's a. Uh, Wait a minute. Oh, is this the Zeb? Yeah, yeah. The Zeb Kellogg salesman sample. That was a, you know, the auction end price was 50000 but I think there was a, there's a good discussion on Rebel Scum about uh, some questions about that. But in any case, I mean, it's a really rare and unique piece. I'm sure people would, would go nuts over being the second series droids and all that. Wait, but, wait, uh, wait, wait. Language. language sorry, sorry. Language police. Yep. Okay. It can't be rare and unique. If it's unique, it means it's one of a kind. You can't you modify go. unique. Okay. You're right. You're right. So it's My a really bad. rare piece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are there are others like it out there. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. The ending price was was fifty thousand, but there's some speculation that uh, that that isn't quite quite right. But um, I don't know how much more we want we want to go into it. But uh, it was definitely something that caused some discussion back when it first surfaced. Right, because how could this possibly go? The thing is that it was in August, so I have trouble remembering exactly yeah. what the discussion was. Yeah, I, I think some people were doing some detective work about the uh, the bidding, and it looked a little fishy. Um, and I think, I forgot who it was, but someone had noticed that like the uh, the feedback rating of, of the bidders looked eerily similar to, uh, I think, the previous, or thought to be previous owner of the piece um, but, but that that's something that kind of it deserves more uh, true detective work than I'm, I'm giving it right now so 
Um, but it's something to, to think about. Right. But, I mean, really it does raise the question, how much did it actually sell for? And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always talk about bringing back – you know, see, I think what we should do is we should actually start outlining uh, episode 56. Okay? okay. So I'm yeah. getting out a piece of paper here. i got to find a piece of paper. All right. Uh, so I'm going to write down Burger King. Yep. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the Steve Denny article. <laughs> the phantom Steve Denny article. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Oods. So, oods, oods, uh, right, yes. undis- undis- uh, undisplayed uh, droids and Ewoks, uh, unproduced uh, droids and Ewoks. So here's a surprise for you. Uh, I said with Steve that we'd talk about oods, uh, unproduced droids and Ewoks, next month, but I actually got some initiative and I called James Gallo. How's it going, James? Good, how are you? Doing well. Uh, yeah, it was just like, Steve and I were going to just do the show with just the two of us. But then I realized it really just, we should really have someone who knows something more than we do talking about this. So basically what happened was we sort of got onto the topic of that uh, controversial auction. And uh, just sort of was hoping for someone who might understand it better, sort of put that piece in historical context. Um, so, So how would you sort of describe sort of what happened and what that piece was? Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, there's pretty good evidence that the the sale didn't go through. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's A. Um, as far as the significance of the piece, it's a significant piece. Um, it is the most common carded unproduced droids figure. However, there's different stages of production um, some of them are closer to production. Some of them have uh, trays in the back of the figure. Some of them have blank backs. Some of them have printed backs. You know, there's a lot of variation. But if you just looked at the number of carded examples, that's the highest for the choice line. Um, okay, so this is this said, is Kleb Kleb Zelok. Am I I'm remembering that correctly? Right. Yeah. And just, do you remember yeah, what his role yeah. is in the show? What did Kleb Zellock do? I've never actually seen the show. I've seen them maybe five or six episodes. Yeah, he, he was like the evil mining boss. He, he like ran this mine operation for a very unstable, you know, isotope element thing. Wow. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, captures, a, I think it's Jan, I think it's part of the Jan cycle, uh-huh. Jan Tosh, and he captures them and they're, they, they're made to work the mine before, you know, they, they break out and in the process of breaking out, blows up the whole mine operation because, you know, they're, they're working with a very unstable element. And, uh, yeah, so that was his kind of whole shebang. Wow, he's like a, he's like an evil West Virginian. That's, uh, huh. Sure, that's <laughs> where you want to go with it. Wow. So okay. So uh, so he's that. a real bad guy. Then he like abuses labor and and kills his workers. Oh yeah. 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 Tries at least you know. Okay. So but, so uh, then this was yeah. a a a sample carded Kleb Zellock. So Kleb Zellock was never produced. Uh, but then, so if you were to actually look at this figure, some people don't have the pictures in front of them. So it looks like a, a carded droids figure, except that it's of a something that was never made and it has a coin 
what state coin would that be that would be uh, with, well, with this? Well, the coin's probably a, probably a hand-painted, you know, so the coins are shot um, in aluminum, the you know, silver base. Uh, I don't, there's no unproduced stuff that's not painted. Okay. So everything is silver base, and then the, the droid stuff is painted gold, the Ewok stuff is painted bronze for the ones that are painted. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that does add some neatness to it. I mean, there, there are only a handful of uh, painted coins that are floating around for any character. So, I mean, that, that, it's, a, it's a good piece uh, at this point. I don't think it's a $50,000 piece, but, you know, when you get to the realm of something that there's three, four, five of in the world, if somebody wants it and they got the money for it, you know, it, it's going to go for whatever it's going to go for. Um, but in this particular instance, it was a piece that, you know, was kind of offered around for a while. Right. And nobody, nobody purchased it. Um, and the, the person that was trying to sell it, their goal is to make profit. Right. And they purchased it as an investment and, you know, they were, they were trying to sell it a couple of times and it sat and it sat and, you know, it's, it, it's a good piece, but it's not a piece that, the current owner really cares about, and, and that's kind of unfortunate because it, it's kind of lost. You know, the mystique of that piece is certainly lost on him. Right. You know, you're only talking about a handful of carded, unproduced droids figures because there's only four characters that made it to that to that state. Okay, so so, so what are the four that Jopa. made it? Okay, Mon, Mon is it Yulpa or Jopa? How do we pronounce that? Jopa. Jopa. Okay. Mon Jopa. Uh, there's one Vlix. There's the the club Zalak, and there's Jessica Mead, and that's it. You know, the other four never made it to that stage of development. So you know, you you know, and the numbers on the other ones, you know, you're talking about two or three of each. So as a whole, you know, maybe there's less than ten, you know, droids, droids, unproduced droids, carded samples. You know, that's a minuscule number yeah. when you compare it to, you know, even a hundred rocket sets. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's just not a comparable number. So you know the the thing is the droids have always been secondary in demand on you know most people's lists, and uh, in recent years we've seen that you know demand increase you know on a as a at a crazy rate, and there just isn't supply out there, and you know it makes it you know it has pushed up the prices, but. You know, it also has pushed up the prices to a point where they're, they're somewhat unsustainable. Right. Um, you know, you, you get to a point where there's always so many people that have $10,000 to spend on a toy, much less twenty dollars or $30,000. So it, it does become interesting when you get up to a price point and, you know, you see who's going to, He's going to pay and he's not, but I think it, it limits the market when you get up to those types of numbers. Right. And so then, so if there's, so you say there's maybe a handful of these. So this is, this claims that it's a salesman sample. So that, that would be what, like brought to Toy Fair? They would, they would bring it and, yeah, and show. That was, my gut is, I believe that one had a printed back. So it was pretty, it was pretty close to production. Um, you know, so that would have been, probably a toy fair piece. Um, you know, they're not going to go through all the trouble to make something as pretty and complete as that piece is without a specific purpose. And, 
you know, sometimes you get, you know, there, there were probably numerous examples at Toy Fair, um, and depending on what they were used for and where they were used would determine whether or not, you know, something that's just on a wall far away, you're not really worried about the back. Right. Something that you're handing to somebody to, to handle or to look at up close, you know, you probably want it to be closer to production uh, than not. So, you know, I mean, that piece was pretty close to what it would have been production-wise, if not exactly like it. I mean, it had, um, you know, better details, better bubble. Right. And it was just closer to, to, to the level of production that it should have been. Man, I'm so glad I called you, James, because like everything you answer makes me ask more questions. So why why these four figures? Why not the other ones? Is there any theory as to why certain droid figures made the cut and others didn't? Well, it's not so much the cut; it's just the development stage. So, um, to a certain extent, they were um, working on X number of figures at whatever point in time, and you know, at whatever point in time, stuff, you know, I don't mean to be vague, it's just, you know, it's not a known entity, you know, I don't know when things cut off, right? and when, you know, things were in production, I mean, there definitely was somewhat of a short window, um, you're talking about stuff basically being started and ended within, you know, a two-year period, so by, you know, 1984, you had you know, the After Effects of Jedi, they were probably working on the George and Ewok stuff at that point, and these unproduced figures were slated to come out in 86, which means they essentially had to be done in 85, which means they, you know, yeah. basically the show was, the show was canned very, very quickly in comparison to, you know, the production, and I'm sure one day somebody just came in and said, hey, guys, stop that. <laughs> right. You know, stop working on that stuff. And and there's plenty of stuff, you know, out there. Unfortunately, we don't have specific numbers or dates on stuff. But, you know, potentially in the future, maybe we'll get some stuff that will shed some more light on, on time frames on stuff. And it's really just a matter of somebody uh, trying to piece the stuff together and really figure out time frame on development. But, you know, with whatever is remaining to do it. But, um, I mean, they definitely did a lot of work on, on the George and Ewok series, and it's just a matter of how that stuff progressed, and, and then you get, you know, the figures were essentially based off the show. They did the show first to, to a certain extent, and then, you know, they canned the figures shortly after they canned the show, um, and then you had somewhat of a delay because... You know, Vlix was made in Brazil, so essentially what would happen is once you got camp here, you know, much like stuff still does, it went overseas and, you know, it really wasn't going to be likely production of stuff. For whatever reason, Vlix ended up getting produced in Brazil, a slightly different paint scheme. Um, so, you know, and it, it made less sense because Vlix wasn't essentially the main villain. Right. He was basically the mob boss. You know, he was, he was the head of the thugs. So, you know, just the way things go sometimes is, is kind of interesting um, to see how that works out. But, you know, that's just how, how it happened in that case. Um, the Ewoks got much further along in production, partly because there was a second season of the show and partly because 
for whatever crazy reason, Ewoks did significantly better than droids. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not quite sure that that would work out today, but yeah. then it was the case. Maybe the Dulocs are a little bit more engaging than the Zelocs and, you know, the... I, I don't know. There's something about the bad guy, the good guys versus bad guys. It seemed more clear to me when I watched them. Well, also I was a kid, so I just I liked the Ewoks. But yeah, it's funny because I I was always thinking like, when are we going to have James Moore on the show? And you're known as a Blix collector, so you would literally be the last person we'd interview. <laughs> like the show, it would be like 2030 by the time we're done with all the other figures. So uh, glad glad to get you on here. So so then if this didn't sell. Um, which it seems as though it probably didn't. I mean, are these all generally five-figure uh, items? I mean, would, is is that your is that the basic idea that pretty much any unproduced carded droids would go for over ten thousand, but but fifty thousand is too much? I mean, what what made that? Where do you think the market is on this, even with uh, it being so well, high? We've kind of always been a baseline of $10,000. I mean, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when they first hit Toy Shop, you know, they were $10,000 a piece for the joints figures. So, you know, th- th- it's tough to, to get a baseline below that. Um, I don't ever expect that these pieces will drop in price. Um, there has been some sales in the high teens. Um, you know, I've... You know, I have the only Blicks, and I've been offered, you know, more for it than that. But, um, you know, the Blicks is so unique because it's the only carded sample and because it has that, you know, sort of unproduced, sort of produced aspect to it. Um, so, I mean, again, it, it comes down to any other prototype piece, and it's worth what somebody's going to pay for it and what somebody's going to sell for it. Now, you know, if that, you know, the problem is if that $50,000 sale was, you know, actually happened, you know, you, there were numerous people, you know, I said, hey, I got one that's nicer and I'll sell it for 40. Right. You know, I mean, it just gets to the point where there's a price point where people kind of laugh. Now, you know, unfortunately, you know, those, that price point has shifted a lot and, and with the increasing value on this stuff, you know, maybe in a couple more years, $50,000 for that piece won't be ridiculous. I mean, I think at this point, you know, it's a it's a twenty to thirty thousand dollar piece, depending on the buyer and the seller, and right. a lot of that's going to have to do with who is buying it, and you know whether you know and, and what the seller wants to get out of it. But I mean, realistically, that's probably what I think it's worth. Now, it did sit. I think it was sitting for twenty five thousand before the auction. It, it had been listed. For quite some time as a as a buy it now item, so I mean I just don't think that you know some ran, you know twenty five thousand dollars storage prototype from a semi random person on eBay is really the, the best means to to go after buying something like that. I mean right. people get, get suspicious about everything. So if it was you know would that piece have sold for twenty five grand if it was from you know in the hands of a, a reputable dealer maybe. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's tough to say, but uh, it, it would be, in my mind, you know, a, it would have a much better chance at at making that sale happen. Um, but, you know, everything changes from time to time, and, you know, I never thought rocket sets would go back up, and, and they're now higher probably than they've ever been. So, you know, I think it probably legitimately got up 
you know, to the low 20s or at least the high teens. So I don't think it would have been very far off from, from that type of a price point. And, right. you know, even if you broke it down into the elements, unfortunately, you're talking about an eight to $10,000 lease figure, a coin that's worth a couple of grand, and a proof card that's probably worth, you know, who knows, three to five grand. So, you know, now, has, you has, it up. And, and has that been done? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's happened to a couple of figures. Uh, it happened to uh, um, a Jessica Need, I believe, and it happened to a Jopa, and there may have been a coon that was taken apart. Wow. Um, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, but at that, the way it was done, you know, somebody wanted to overpay for the figure, somebody wanted to overpay for the proof card, proof card. Um, the card back, you know, essentially it's a proof card, but right. it's once it's been used, <laughs> exactly. it, it, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to call a proof card at that point. But, um, you know, I mean, it's definitely an unfortunate situation when something like that that's really unique is disassembled for its parts, but um, unfortunately that's not the only time something like that will happen, and it probably won't be the last time either. Yeah, yeah, well, that's... Well, there's a lot of debates in there. Like, I mean, there's the morality of that, which is pretty hard to debate the other side. But then, you know, is it a... I mean, honestly, how could you possibly call it a proof card? Because if it was a part of the sample before... I mean, I guess it's a proof... I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to... Well, I mean, it's a proof card. Right. It's a proof card pre-being used. It certainly is a proof card. I mean, it will have all the characteristics of a proof card. Right. Um, you know, what does it become after it's... You know, a bubble is applied to it, and then once the bubble is taken off, I mean, to a certain extent, if that bubble were removed cleanly, I guess you would call it a proof card again. But when they, they made these samples, um, a lot of the earlier in production ones, if they didn't have a bubble ready, whether it was the figure bubble for behind the figure or whether it was the outer bubble, the figures would get glued to the backer card. So when the Jopa was disassembled, the Jopa was hot glued to the card back. Huh. So when that figure was popped off, it took some color with it. So there's a little red circle on the back of that quote-unquote proof card from where essentially the figure was pulled off. So you know, once you get into that, you know you know it's from a disassembled PC, and, and I would have a tough time you know, labeling it as a proof card um, you know, beyond the basic elements of it that, that are proof in nature, but, um, you know, it would not be a proof card to me at that point. Right. Huh. That's, that's, a, that's a good debate. Now, I also see that the there's writing on the feet. Was that common with pretty much all of them, where they'd write their name on the feet? Or I don't think I've ever actually looked yeah, at those I mean, or one of these. A lot of that is, is, you know, at whatever production level they were being made, I think it was probably... Um, you know, they weren't dealing with known characters. Right. They weren't dealing with making another Luke Skywalker figure that everybody knew who he was. Right. They were really dealing with characters where, you know, there was a lot, a lot of design work on these figures and, you know, a lot of stuff from the animation studio. And I'm sure that they were referencing that stuff. And guess what? When you don't know what the hell something is, it's easier just to mark it down. Right. Even if you don't understand what, you know, Club Zealot means, at least you can reference that to you know, back end to the job and, and go through it that way. So, um, yeah, that that's common on the earlier pieces and on the carded samples. 
Um, a lot of hard copies are marked, and a lot of the carded samples are marked. Um, you know, so it just depends on, uh, you know, what level of production the figure was in and what it was used for. Um, you know, and in that respects, you know, if it was marked, it's it's an earlier stage figure. Whether it's a hard copy or an internal first shot, it, it's probably not going to be a, a production quality first shot at that point. But yeah, I mean, there definitely are a lot of, and some of them have the the original names. So some of the characters went through um, different stages of of names, and sometimes you find something with a a name that eventually got changed. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's not an uncommon thing with with the George and York stuff. Well, the name like Club Zelok, I mean you can't. I mean that's just an immediate home run. You know, you know that, that one's. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that people are just running the name their kids collab after <laughs> yeah. that show aired. Uh, this is funny because the whole time you've been talking, I've been looking at. I, I mean, the card back. I never even really thought about the fact that R two D two is waving a white flag. It's like. He's supposed to be the brave one. It's totally out of character. I bet if Lucas ever saw it, he would have not allowed that to have like a cowardly, you know, R two and I don't know. It's and who do you think's fatter, Club yeah. Zalok or Vlix? Who do you think weighs more? Oh, the Club, the Vlix is a bigger figure. Okay. Uh, Club is kind of short and fat. Vlix is tall and fat. Okay. <laughs> uh, so if you had a hard copy of each, the Vlix would hurt you more when it was thrown from you know. And feet away. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, you know, the interesting thing about the card backs are, uh, I'm reasonably sure 3PO is on every one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure, I, I, I don't, I don't recall R2 being on every one, but I know C3PO is on every single unproduced George card back at least. And he may like be in the back or like floating around somewhere, but he's there. Yeah. And I assume that that was done, you know, very intentionally because um, it was a recognizable aspect to the card back as opposed to, you know, who is this looks guy? Well, guess what? Hey, there's C-3PO. I guess he's got to be related to that somehow. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Awesome, James. Well, that's... Uh that is more than I even hope to have learned about this piece. And uh... so I hit uh, end recording before James said goodbye. So let's just pretend he said goodbye. Two, Oops. Three,
All right, well, Steve, I'm so out of practice with this whole podcasting thing <laughs> that I don't even think we should try the, the game because I would just be so far oh. off. Um, but there's some pretty intense data. Well, have you yes. seen this, Steve? The, uh, the thing that leads it off? Yes. Yeah, no, I love... Yeah, yeah, Mike... Uh, Brisbane, Brisbane, Mike, he put together <laughs> like a cool little graph actually that like shows that goes by price and then the card back. Uh, it's, it's a nice little visual. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have all the information that you necessarily need, but it really gives you a cool idea that, you know, that the, a 41E and a 47A both sold for around 50, whereas the 41E sold for around 500. It's a nice visual. Um, guide where you yeah. basically get the concept that around 200 gets you a reasonable carded graded version and around 100 to 150 gets you a reasonable non-graded version yeah yeah that's cool way to yeah, go Brisbane great. Brisbane Mike yeah yeah and I guess yeah we should you know state again here that uh, both both of uh, you know Mike and, and Pete are going to be uh, posting all this stuff to the new blog, so it'll all be under one thing. And the good thing is the link to their their kind of archives, like their old site, is still going to be there for perusal. Uh, and same goes for our old podcast. I meant to mention that earlier. Um, there will always be a little sidebar that says Kivecast Archives. If you want to go back to the old shows, it'll it'll take you back to the old site where you can find all that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. From now on, uh, these guys will be. We'll kind of post these in, in conjunction with, with the podcast. So Which uh, which is really cool, Steve, because you know, I, I've always really been blown away by the work that they've done. Um, but I always was sort of afraid that we were sort of the only ones who knew how good work they were doing. And yeah. I remember talking about it, you know, the guys who, you know, run the archive for twenty years or whatever, and they're like, Oh yeah, totally, we should totally get them on. They're doing great stuff. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't have to try to convince anybody. Everyone knows how great work it is that they're yeah, doing. Yeah. So, yeah, so Pete and Mike, uh, keep it up. Um, right. Do you want to go with the, uh, the the commander first? Or you want to Oh, go? yeah, definitely okay. commander. All right. All right. Stupid mustacheless face. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll go through a few examples here that, that, uh, that Mike highlights. Um, first one, it's a 41A, uh, AFA 75. Um, which went for 215 uh, And I guess, what is it? It's the, the card is a 75, the bubble is a 75, but the, the card, or the, wait, what are the two C's? Card, bubble, and what's the third C? I'm, I'm totally like, I, I, it's not it's, my language. It's a clean <laughs> podcast, so I can't okay. tell you. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, anyway, it's a decent shape. It rhymes with punt. Um <laughs> Uh, it's in decent shape, but that's a lot of money for it's a lot of money for for a decent shape rebel commander, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, then you got another example. This one was forty one A, also uh, seventy five. That went for one hundred forty. So it's, it's coming down to earth a little more. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I, I think when I had one of these, I didn't pay more than like fifty or sixty bucks for it. But that's Goes to show. Um, let's see, what do we got next? Now, I'd say the most notable one is the is the AFA eighty that sold for four hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, that's oh man, uh, that's the awfulest one, right? The forty one E, yeah, AFA eighty, four hundred and ten dollars. 
Right. Where? Yeah. So that that's the old man of the month, Steve. That's that's the old man for, for okay. the Rebel Commander. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably have one later when we get to to Pete's stuff because I feel like I say it for every one of those auctions. And then the thing uh, that kills me is that there's a 41E ungraded with the coin offer sticker that sold for $50. But beyond that, it has two coin stickers. One's on the back, too. Ah, <laughs> that's that crazy. beautiful. Yeah. I wonder if a listener got that. If you did, kivecast at gmail.com, because that thing is really sweet. That's, that's a great score. Uh, I've never seen that. See, have you ever seen that? No, two, two I... Coin I I don't. I mean, maybe on the front for some weird reason. I don't think so, but definitely not on the on the back like that. I'd never seen that before. So hey, fifty bucks. There you go. Yep, and that is definitely not one <laughs> one tenth <laughs> as valuable as a right. FA eighty. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I, I think it, he kind of makes the point that in that three months of auctions he looked at, there was only one Jedi card that he found that sold, and that was a forty eight D. Ungraded, uh, then went for sixty-five. So that I mean, that doesn't seem that bad, right? I mean, compared to to some of these other things. But yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. Yeah, that yeah the double offer with the power of the force sticker it was just like whoa, fifty bucks. That's not bad at all. Yeah, come to think of it, I I really haven't. I mean, I can't. I I well, I guess that must be rare then. I guess the rebel commander must be a relatively rare figure on Jedi. I think you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. It's, it was either that or the Rebel Soldier was the rare one. I, I can't remember. I know people will be able to answer that because he's a he's a Return of the Jedi collector. I'm sure plenty of other people could too. Right. So that was my uh, my one of my many stupid moments. But and, and then there's a, a 48B, which is what I collect, and yeah. that sold for sixty seven dollars. And I'm rubbing it against the microphone. <laughs> that, I was wondering, yeah, because that's the one I got. How cool! That's never happened, Steve. It's no, never happened true. that one of us it, bought one of the figures from the market watch. Exactly, yeah. It's like the first time those things have converged. That's. that's I'm opening oh, up the star case right now. It's got a Montgomery Ward uh, price sticker, which is pretty cool. What is Montgomery Ward? It's like old, like, uh, like department-ish store, department ish store, right? Should yeah. I open it right now? Should I? <laughs> Um, it's weird though because it's got another price sticker underneath the Montgomery Ward sticker. I wonder why that is. That's gonna bug me. Now here's a question. So it it has a half torn out uh, uh, hole punch. punch. Oh yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. If I just took the hole punch completely out, I bet it'd be a more valuable card. I, I don't know. Because yeah. it looks torn. Whereas if I just took it out, it would be punched. Hmm. You know, I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> that seems unlikely. Yeah, good. All right, so that gives you an idea for yeah. the for the Rebel Commander. Now, what, yeah. what's the the random stuff, the the pizza side of everything? Okay. But one last thing before we do that, there, there was another Rebel Commander item that sold. It was a, a Wampa. So he's pictured getting dragged away from the Tauntaun. The poor, the poor guy just. I don't know. He seems to be kind of getting picked on in some of these like earlier Empire packages. Um, but yeah, so it, it, Mike found a, a Wampa AFA 80Q uh, <laughs> that sold for 281. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it's funny. He'd mentioned here that he was actually trying to get that thing and he missed out on it. So I feel That's bad for him on that. Um, but yeah, um, there you go. A Wampa AFA 80Q. <laughs> so that means it was opened. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I just, yeah. Yes, that's what that means. It means okay. it was opened. Don't try to act right. too cool for school. <laughs> <laughs> or 
I don't know what C means. <laughs> it's card, bubble, figure. C is for figure. Okay, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right, so let's let's get into to Pete's. Um, yeah. I feel bad because he, he titles his his article "Happy August." I'm gonna have to go back and change <laughs> that to "Happy October." Sorry, Pete. Um, <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's everyone's fault but mine. <laughs> um, yeah, this it's funny. This first uh, auction that he mentions is actually something I had put down as an old news item. Um, oh, clubs oh, looks like you suck. Let's have a debate. I, I want to get somebody who collects them, and someone yeah. and someone who me, uh, someone who doesn't, and kind of <laughs> debate the relative value of them, and just sort of get an idea of sort of the history of it. Um, I was also thinking, you know, Bruce White, friend of the show, Black Velvet. I got into a big Facebook argument oh, with yeah. Kyle Newman, who's also been on the show, the director of Fanboys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to see if I can get them both on the show at the same time. Uh, fighting because I like them both, so I'd like to see them. I mean, we all know Bruce's history of uh, combatants. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what else should we add here, Steve, for this month's show? You know, if you have other ideas, because this show to this month really is just kind of getting back in the groove. Hearing Steve and I talk. It's a it's a jump start, right? Yeah, it's a jump start, uh, and it's probably not going to be too heavy on content, just because our lives been so crazy, but. Uh, all right, cool. So uh, what else is there then, Steve? Okay, so um, after that, we've got a, a carded Vinyl Cape Jawa that was uh, an AFA 85 that sold for just over 10 grand. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the same old thing. I'm like really holding back my mans here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's. I feel like I've said this many times. We, we've talked about Vinyl Cave Jawas in the Market Watch, and here's another one that, that sells for <laughs> a uh, insane amount of money. Um, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now this is another another uh, kind of rare... Well, yeah, it's the rare figure, right? The Power of the Force Yak Face, AFA 90, um, which... It's just funny because you know those power of the force bubbles just get can get so yellow to have this thing that looks like pristine otherwise, but looks like the bubble might just disintegrate as an AFA ninety. Uh, it looks like there was a, I guess, best offer accepted. The, the price on there was just over fifteen or no, about fifteen thousand. So I think the final price. Let me see if he had it in here. One second. Sorry. Um, Okay, that one, it was about 10000 as well. Um, yeah. Wow, that is yeah. a really yellow bubble. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, it otherwise, it looked like it hadn't been, you know, hadn't been touched since 1985. But, yeah, it just, it makes me, like, feel better about not going too crazy with, with really expensive uh, carded figures. I just get so nervous. Uh, <laughs> like, the archivist in me is like, oh, my God, this stuff is just not going to... It's not going to last. No, not scary. at all. Yeah. No, that yeah. thing is coming off. I mean, that yak face will be on there, what, another year or two? <laughs> I mean, it is really on the end. Wow. Yeah, it's just nuts. Yeah. So, 
Um, we also had a, uh, a nice, really nice looking Palatoy Luke Bespin, uh, AFA 85 that sold for, uh, 8,600. And this thing looks, you know, pristine as well. Um, it's gorgeous piece, but yeah, eight, 85, I mean, over 8,500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, you know, if you're, if you're into Luke Bespin, and a lot of people are. It's got to yeah. be one of the hardest international pieces to find. I mean, yeah. I really do wonder. I mean, if you collect any non-Star Wars figure, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get foreign uh, logos on your card. Yeah, books. it's it's true. Yeah, because you. I mean, you collect Chewbacca or Vader or whatever. I mean, Steve, you have none, right? None, not a yeah. I mean. Maybe you have like a Meccano on a back of a card or something or something like that. But as far as an actual card front with a different logo. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's um, interesting. It's, it's funny. I, thinking about it just makes me regret getting rid of that, that Lily Letty I had years ago. I don't know what I was thinking, but. Uh, you got rid of that at the first California. It was on the very Tartus first Cal- Yeah. Yeah. You sold it for like 60 bucks, right? I don't know. I don't think it was that low, but. It was pretty pretty cheap. <laughs> I didn't know you that well, but I was like, are you sure? Because <laughs> that, that's a good example of a foreign... Yeah, yeah that's the, yeah. the only, really, for, for B-Wing Pilot, but I just, I wasn't really thinking in terms of foreign stuff, like, going that route, just because there wasn't much. Uh, All right, now, yeah. Steve, so let's, let's get into the collector's mind, then. So, okay. you don't have any production B-Wing Pilot stuff? You only no, have... I do. No, I do. I, I mean, I have a couple things. I have, um, I have one of those figures that came from that uh, Lucas licensing right. auctions back at C seven. Uh, it's just a regular B wing pilot. Um, it was a cool, you know, fun story behind it. You know, getting it from that auction, but it, it's the regular piece. And then I have a tri logo. Um, but that's it. And that, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I have you know loose figures and baggies and, and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, as far as like, I mean, at one point I had. Uh, like the Power of the Force sticker offer and uh, like some of the, the different packs, like a 77, 79, but I noticed like the bubbles were just disintegrating. I'm like, well, I mean, I I don't know if I really want to keep going this way because of that reason. That was like one of the main reasons. Like, man, these things are just like, I can just see it before my eyes <laughs> right. like going away. But at the same time, they weren't that expensive either with a B-Wing pilot. It doesn't really... <laughs> it was that whole case of them sold for like on average like... <laughs> Like fifty bucks or thirty bucks a figure, something like that. Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just a different mindset. But like something like this, Luke Bespin. If you're if you're focusing on that that figure, you just you can just get yourself in deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, Steve. That's I guess it's okay you sold the lady because if you don't really collect the card variations. Uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, I kind of switched out of that, and I decided I wasn't going to do it. Um, I, I wished. Like thinking about it now, I'm like man, I mean, that probably wasn't such a great idea. <laughs> but I know, I just know now that there's no way I I could afford uh, another Letty, Letty pilot. I don't think unless there was some crazy like you know circumstance. But right, yeah, it just change your mindset totally changes. I mean, that, that's why I'm collecting you know capacitance electronic discs now. <laughs> right, <laughs> those are like ten bucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was actually yeah. thinking. Uh, speaking of auctions. Um, have you seen this thing about Nigo? Nigo? 
Uh, no. no so, this? so Nigo is the famous Japanese collector. He's the guy who started Bape Bathing Ape. Okay. Um. So there's a, been a video. We talked about it four oh, years ago. Is this is this a crazy? The guy has a really crazy production collection. Yeah, it's a really crazy production collection and, and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and he's selling it like through Sotheby's Japan. Oh. Okay. And I uh, selling a complete um, three pack set, but oh, it's boy. really funny because the estimate that they give is that the whole thing will sell for thirteen thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I think it's the way they do it on auctions. They always put a low, a low uh, estimate so that more people bid. But it's yeah. pretty funny. Um, but it's kind of worth. We'll try to put a picture or something. Uh, just looking through it because he just has a crazy collection of a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, it's you know just a he's just a crazy super rich Japanese collector. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, I hope he's not selling out because he was one of my favorite guys. I actually I have a, a Japanese student in one of my classes, and he wears a bathing ape T-shirt. And there's been so many times where I've almost started a conversation with him about it, but I realize there's no, like, that T-shirt is owned by a guy who collects the same toys that I do. <laughs> I'm a teacher. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just starting to look at this now. Wow. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> oh, the collection? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a really fun... Uh, it's a really fun um, auction. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, cool. All right, Steve. Well, I think that's it for the market watch. Right. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, I sound like, uh, I think, uh, David Letterman or something. Is that uh, right, Paul? No more market watch? Hee-hee. <laughs> okay. Uh, we we gotta. I think next time I want to hear a new Letterman laugh. That that, that, was, that was you're on the right track. But okay, because I, David Letterman interviewing Mike Tyson. That there we now, go. Now Mike, my capacitance. Oh, okay. So you got that. You got that half down. Yes, yeah, yeah. just a capacitance. <laughs> I guess that just leaves us with feedback. Yep. Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. You can email us at kivecast at gmail.com, Twitter us at kivecast, or join us up on our Facebook page. We really do care. Well, Steve, um, it turns out this... this uh, I didn't even post episode 54 to Rebel Scum. <laughs> I didn't realize that, Steve. Uh, well, I, I did, so... <laughs> yeah, it turns out I was really out of it for a while. Um, uh, so I would like to read the most exemplary post from uh, from the re- reaction. Uh, okay. This is from Fuzzy Buzzy Toys, uh, who's one of our most faithful listeners. Uh, but this episode was very poor. Sorry. Felt stuck together and rushed. You guys haven't made a regular episode in months, and that makes me sad. Is this the end? Have you guys actually given up? Because that would be a shame. Steve, we have not given up. We also received a Facebook reference saying, does this show still exist? Um, Truly, 
the last couple months of this show has absolutely sucked. That is totally true. Being a fan of the, being a space freak has been rough. And, uh, and you know, Ron, Ron comes to our defense and saying people griping. But, you know, we, we do have a responsibility to be a, a good podcast. Yeah. Or, no, no, no. We have a responsibility to be our podcast. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is often good in some ways and bad in other ways. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, we was like getting the archive together and the thing and I don't know what. But uh, it's... I've already talked about the Montaigne thing, Steve. You did. You did make reference, yeah. <laughs> well, I talked about it with Django, but I mean, my son. Did I talk about it with yeah. me? No. Did I talk about it on this show already? Because I've thought about it a lot. Because this kind of goes back to the the whole discussion with the Star Wars Forum UK guys, who, by the way, are up to episode five and they're going along. Um, yeah, it's funny. So we we do take all of your criticisms. Uh, it is coming back together again next month. We're going to have interviews about Burger King. We're going to talk about the Steve Denny article. We're going to have the debate about the UDEs. Uh, hopefully, we'll get Kyle Newman and Bruce White on to, to continue their debate. Oh, you know, it just reminded me, uh, CJ Fawcett has a good story for us about the... Oh, uh, yeah. And so we got to have him on there, too. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot kind of in the queue right now. And hopefully, Steve, you also helped us apply to this podcast stage at Celebration Anaheim. I did, yeah. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I got my fingers crossed, but um, yeah, hopefully that'll be something we can we can say is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that'd be really great. And yeah. hopefully uh, a non-54 episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Space Freaks. So I say that we just say that, just call 54 Mulligan just uh, chalk that up to let's pretend that I have a drug problem which I don't but let's pretend that I do and that was me hitting rock bottom and uh, now I'm back on the wagon with my sponsor Stephen Butt Danley uh, <laughs> uh, get going and of course Steve there's only one thing that our audience always wants yeah that's that's the one thing that brings the it all one together one thing that brings it all together Steve I have never fought harder in fantasy baseball <laughs> ever it was a valiant effort, my friend. My first five draft tricks all ended the year on the DL. The first five. And I came within three points of winning. I wound up finishing in second to Dan, who wins almost every year. It was fun. It was great. It was really exciting. It was actually like a legitimately exciting race, but I did yeah. not win. Down and I don't know if we're doing the hockey thing. Um, I'd like to put this out there. If someone would like to be the GM of the Hockey League. I will totally do it again this year. Um, I cannot do it. I can't collect money and give it out. I'm just, I'm a, you got to learn your limits. And apparently <laughs> having a podcast is at the edge of my limits. So, yeah. Oh, it would be funny if uh, somehow I, I ran that knowing nothing about hockey. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to put myself out there for that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Steve, this is not quite a return to form because we need to have more people in here and more stuff. But at yeah. least we're back. It shouldn't be too hard to edit together. And, yeah, that was, uh, that was my hope. This is kind of put one together that that gets back on track and is is a uh, is easy for you to to edit. So that that seems like we've we've accomplished that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll have more information about the archive party. And also, the other thing is too. Just go spend some time on the archive. Check out the it's, new archive. Yeah, yeah. You really, that you was really, 
Yeah. Part of me felt like we were kind of giving a little bit of space to that. Maybe even giving space to the uh, Star Wars uh, Farm UK guys to kind of, you know, get some. Maybe some part of me wanted to like leave space so that people could start listening to them, you know, um, or. I- yeah either way I mean it's it's, possible it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think the more the more the better so I just there's there's been other stuff to to look at but I think of that as as a good thing honestly it just means there'll be more from now on so that's right awesome Steve well much like a full rebel transport (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I don't know how I'm going to end that (laughs) (laughs) Leave, leave that one hanging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you have an idea for how to finish it, uh, kivecast at gmail.com. Um, oh, my God. That's the other thing. I have a student who wears a shirt that says keep calm and, and chive on from the, 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 the from chive the, website. The chive. Yeah. And that's why, if you remember three years ago, I started trying to change the name of the show yeah. to yeah, the yeah. Vintage Pod or whatever. <laughs> and this at that same class, and I wanted to be like, the shirt that – your podcast, I lazy disc. Like I, uh, I've always wanted to bring that up to him, but I haven't. Uh, that's funny. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, send in your thoughts about ouds. Uh, do you think they're worth it or not? Uh, if you want to get in on that debate, let us know. Uh, maybe even post on the Unrebel Scum forum. Post, post on our blog. Um, yeah. Oh, that's another thing I want to say. If you're still listening, which you're probably not. Go in and comment on the yes, blogs. Please, please do. Comment yeah. especially listen, if you see Ron Salvatore's articles, these three words good article, comma, Ron. Because <laughs> that dude does not get enough respect and it does bug him because he puts out so much good stuff out there. So if he just gets a cavalcade of good article, comma, Ron with an exclamation point, I think that would really help things out. Because that's that's the payment, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Steve, then uh, I am happy to say once again, Wampa Wampa. Adios, everybody.